What's up? Welcome to this week's sermon podcast of Living Word Pretoria East. Here, you can listen to our latest weekly sermon for your spiritual growth. We believe that this message will really bless you. Amen. So yeah, so we are the body. And uh, I'm going to read for us what Paul, he describes it so greatly in 1 Corinthians 12. From, from verse 12, he describes how the body of Christ works. He says, we are one body, say one body, but we are many members. One body, many members. So if you, we can put up the scripture from verse 12. It says, for just as the body is one and has many members, and all the members of the body, though many, are one body, so it is with Christ. For in one spirit we were all baptized into one body. Jews or Greeks, slaves or free. And I love this part. We are all, we all were made to drink of one spirit. For the body does not consist of one member, but of many. If the foot should say, because I'm not a hand, I do not belong to the body, that would not make any less a part of the body. And if the ear should say, because I'm not an eye, I do not belong to the body, that would not make it any less a part of the body. If the whole body were an eye, where would be the sense of hearing? And if the whole body were an ear, where would be the sense of smell? But, it's as is, but as it is, God arranged the members in the body. Just, let's just stand still there. I don't know if you understand your calling and if you understand your purpose or what God called you for and how you fit into the body. But this is something you need to make peace with. God arranged the members of your body. And even sometimes when we look in the physical, we don't even like always our appearance, isn't it? We need to love ourselves because he says, love your neighbor as you love yourself. So you can only love in the capacity as you love yourself. There needs to be, you need to have a good relationship with yourself. And God has placed, he says, God has arranged the members. And we need to understand the sovereignty and the plan of God that, hey, God has placed you there. Because you need to understand the power what God has given you. You know, many times people look at certain gifts or certain functions and they want that because it's the wow. But Paul speaks it clearly. He says, hey, there's some parts that are exposed. But who of you knows that there's some parts of your body you don't expose? Come on. Some parts you cover. Some, some parts work behind the scenes. Amen. Okay. <laughs> I'm talking to a mature crowd. You heard the word on Thursday, eh? We are growing up. We mature. So God arranged the members and you need to find out your place and you need to find peace with yourself and God that he has placed you there. That God has arranged you as a member, each one of them as he chose. Come on. God knows what he does. And I want to give you that comfort that, that you need to find that place and that peace where you say, I'll trust God. If he has placed me to be a foot, I'll be a foot. I like the eye, I like this, and I want to yell, I want to speak, but, but God has placed you in a specific part in the body so that you can function. He knows best. Come on. He knows what He has for you and how you can flourish because He knitted you together. So He knows that when you function there, you're going to be satisfied. You function, or you're not satisfied when you try to function outside of your calling. You burn out, you crash, you're not sustained when you try to function outside of your purpose and your calling. 
when you do it within that concept and that perspective where God has placed you, you will flourish. If all were a single member, where would the body be? As it is, there are many parts, yet one body. The eye cannot say to the hand, I have no need of you. Nor again the head to the feet, I have no need of you. On the contrary, the parts of the body that seem to be weaker are indispensable. And those parts of the body that we think less honorable, we bestow the greater honor. And our unpresentable parts are treated with higher, of greater modesty, which our more presentable parts do not require. But God has so composed the body, giving greater honor to the part that lacked it, that there may be no division. It's important. God wants you. You need to be in unity with your body, that there be no division in the body, but that members may have the same care for one another. If one member suffers, I love this, all suffer together. Come on. You are so necessary in the body. If one member suffers, all suffer together. So if you suffer, we suffer. But if you don't pitch up, if you don't do your part, we suffer. So we need you. Come on. Tell the guy next to you, I need you. <clears throat> Remember that song we sang a while back? I need you to survive. I need you. You need me. We're all a part of God's body. And uh, we need one another to survive. Come on. If one member is honored, he says, all rejoice together. So if one suffers, all suffer. But if one is honored, all of us are joyful. All of us are honored. Now you are the body of Christ and individually members of it. And God has appointed in the church first apostles, second prophets, third teachers, then miracles, gifts of healing, helping, administrating, various kinds of tongues. Are all apostles? Are all prophets? Are all teachers? Do all work miracles? Do all possess gifts of healing? Do all speak with tongues? Do all interpret? Earnestly desire the higher gifts, and I will show you still a more excellent way. Come on, God has got a more excellent way for you. There's a higher way that God wants to follow. And my prayer and desire is that you will come to that fullness and that overflow of abundance, what God has for you. That you in the body and that you will flourish. In other words, find your grace. Because Paul speaks in Romans 12 about the grace that's given to each of us. So find your grace, find your gift. In other words, get into your lane and then stick, run with it. Get into your lane and run with what God has given you. And that's what Paul says, because he speaks of many different gifts. All right, so there's the, the gifts, and that's why 1 Corinthians 12 speaks so greatly. It's not just the spirit gifts, the Holy Spirit gifts. But he says, apostles, teachers, givers, servers, tongues. So he touches on all the variety. Romans 12 speaks of your, your redemptive gift. That's part of who you are. That's part of your DNA. God has put something in you. All right, he says, Romans 12, he says, the grace given to me, uh, for by the grace given to me, I say to everyone among you, Romans 12 from 3, do not, think of him, uh, do not think of himself more highly than he ought to think. Amen? Do not think of yourself more highly, but think with sober judgment, each according to the measure of faith that God has assigned. For as in one body we have many members, the members do not all have the same function. And that's what you need to realize. God has placed you in a body. He has fit you as a member. And we don't have all the same function. 
So we, though are many, are one body in Christ and individually members of it. You see, sometimes we look at people and we see them functioning in a certain way. Say, for instance, uh, the, the prophetic, and, and you see a prophet, and you see how he prophesies and ministers, and, and they're like, I want to be like that. Who of you has said that before? You know, you look at a certain man or a woman of God, and it's like, I want to be like that. I want to be able to minister like that. Come on. You can speak the truth. Is it? And we've said it. And, and sometimes, and this is the problem, sometimes we, maybe, maybe you see something, but that's not where God calls you. God calls you, and now we struggle because I want to be like that. And I think what we're actually trying to say is, actually the desire in your heart is you want to use your gift in the same manner as that person. In other words, you want to come to the fullness, the confidence, the authority, come on, the fullness of, of celebrating and the, the capability of that gift. That's what you want to do. You don't want to be like them. Actually, what you see is they use their gift to the fullness. They use their gift to their ability, to what God has given them. And what you're resonating with is actually them standing in their position, them filling up, taking up their part in the body. And you resonate actually with, I want to be like that, is I need to respond to my gift. I need to respond to my place also to fullness. For the capacity that would God not the same gift because he says different gifts come on does it make sense and he says having gifts that differ according to the grace let us use them God wants you to use your gift and then he says that's the redemptive if prophecy in the proportion to our faith if service in our serving we don't like this to be the servants we want the prophet we want this and we want that but if you start understanding the power and the authority that you have as a servant, you want to do that to your fullness. Come on, so that's what God says. To the one who exhorts in his exhortation, the one who contributes in generosity, the one who leads with zeal, the one who does acts of mercy with cheerfulness. It refers to the redemptive gifts. So, so there's various grace, various gifts, there's a variety. So here Paul speaks of the prophet, servant, teacher, the exhorter, the ruler, the giver, and mercy. That's redemptive gifts. Then there's Holy Spirit gifts, tongues, interpretation, all those things, prophecy, healings. And then there's the fivefold, the governmental gifts, all forming part of the body. Together, we can function. You see, we need each part. If, if, if there's only the fivefold, or only the redemptive gifts, and not the Holy Spirit, we, we're going to be limp, we're going to be a monster. We're not going to function as we should, isn't it? And that's what God has said now in Ephesians 1, 22 and 23 says, And he put all things under his feet, that's to Christ, and he gave him as head over all things to the church, which is the body, the fullness of him who fills all in all. So he says Christ is the head, and he has given him to us as a body, the church, so that he can fill all things. Amen. So it's in Christ's fullness that we exist. It's in Christ's fullness that we can operate. It says that, that Christ imparts his personal fullness to the church so that the church can actually be what it's supposed to be. That's what he has done. He has, he's given Christ as authority over all and so that he can fill all things, so that you can do what you're supposed to be. And that's why we always said, formed to function. We are formed, filled with his spirit that you can function. Now, let's just tackle a bit the heart of church. 
Church is always about people. All right? When we speak about church, it refers to people, the people who follow Christ. Being part of the church, in other words, then God is continually going to go and shape us to be more like Him. Because Paul speaks and he says, it's our desire and my prayer that we come to the fullness of the stature of Christ. Amen? That we grow up to that. So if church is about people and about Christ, which is the centrality of Christ, He's the foundation. There's no other foundation than which was laid, which is Christ. It means that He's continually going to shape us to become more like Him. Amen? And this happens by the Word of God, which is our Bible, to guide our faith, to, to have worship to God, to celebrate the sacraments like the, the communion we're going to have and all those, to live in community. We need to understand the heart of church. Church means this. The word in the New Testament is used for church is ecclesia. And ecclesia has got a certain meaning. It means gathering, coming together. So you cannot be church as an individual. Come on. You cannot say, but I am the church, so I don't have to go. Because the whole word and concept church means gathering, collectiveness, a coming together. Amen. It's believers that come together because there's power when we come together. That's why in China, you'll hear next week a bit because they're on the border there. And, and even in Thailand, they've got all these speakers announcing things and getting people into fear. And they're not allowed to gather. Even in China, when, when you're more than 10 people, they start just because they know the church when they gather, there's power. There's something of gathering that gives us authority. So that's the whole power of church is gathering together. And Christ has given, that's what he says, all things under his feet, has given us the authority, and now he's filled us with all things. We receive as church that power and authority. Amen. The presence of Christ, the centrality, as I said, that's the key to the life of church. Is Christ. There's no other foundation. He's the life of the church. It is through Christ and, and, and through the church that, that Christ encounters calls you, transforms you, equips you, sends you to where he wants you to be. It's through the church. That's where it happens. It's in the body and in the family. God uses us, the church. They say still the number one means to get people to salvation is new church plants. You know, if we want to be relevant to the world, they say that we are supposed to plant a million churches per year. A million churches per year if we still want to be relevant. But we want us four no more, isn't it? My little people. Pastor Eckhart has said it. Do we know even the demographics of Pretoria East and how many people are here? We cannot even carry that capacity. You know, we will we'll have services Monday to Sunday, five, six a day, and we won't even service this area. A million churches to be relevant, but we're jealous and we do all these things. So introduce salvation through the church. That's God's model. That's God's plan. The church is God's instrument of expressing compassion and, and concern for the world. It's through us as a body. You see, for us church, as believers, the gathering is indispensable. In other words, it's essential. It means that it's necessary for us as believers. So you've got a part to play. That's why God speaks in the, in the, in the picture of a body. When you go to work, you take your whole body, isn't it? Maybe your brain is absent. Look this on my isn't it? You cannot just do half, half, half. You're, not, you're never going to function. 
So 1 Corinthians 12 describes the church as a body, and he says, each part, each person playing his part. You've got an important role. Come on. Just say, I've got a role to play. You've got a role. You enrich the church, we as believers, you enrich the church by what you carry. And you enable us to be effective when you bring that what you carry. Amen? So here's the heart, and then we're going to start landing. What is God asking you to do? What's God asking you to do? What is the very thing that God created you to be? Think of it before I give you the answer. What is God asking you to do? In terms of the body, in terms of in the church, in terms of your calling, what is God asking you to be? It's obedience, okay? To be you, <laughs> to behave, amen, <laughs> right? You see, in today's life, who of you feel like yeah, the life has got so much demand on us? So many things demand. Your work, your family, your career, your friends, society. There's so much demands. And we struggle to have balance. How do we live up to all these demands? How do we just keep balance? We struggle to live up to all the expectations, isn't it? And sometimes even the expectations that we feel God has for us. Sometimes I think we go to church because we feel it's our moral duty, not because it's expected of us. Instead of just loving God and doing that out of the heart because that's God's model and God's way. We do it out of duty. The matter of fact is this, is that God's not expecting you to be something that you're not. Come on. You can sigh a relief now. It's like, wow, that takes off the pressure. God has already placed within us the very thing He expects of us. Come on. Different graces, different gifts given the various functions. All. So what God expects of you is not to be something you're not. God expects of you to be that what is already placed within you. Created by Him in His image, in His likeness for His glory. Remember glory, when He gives us His glory, glory means the full expression of something. The full weight of something. So when He says that, that I give you my glory, He says that I've given you the ability to express that fullness that I've given you, that what's already on the inside, I've given you the ability to express that fullness. And, and I want to say you have what it takes. All right, God has equipped us, the word says, to walk in the good works that he has prepared for us beforehand. You don't even have to think, you just need to walk. And this is the heart, Job 37, 5 and 6. God's voice thunders in a marvelous way. And he does great things beyond our understanding. And he says to the snow, fall on the earth and the rain, to the rain shower, be a mighty downpour. He says to the snow, hey, fall. He says to rain, be a downpour. So in other words, just actually do the very thing that I made you to be. Just do that what you created. Don't try to be anything else. If you rain, rain. If you snow, just snow. Isn't it? The simplicity of this takes weight off our shoulders, isn't it? You can just relax. You just need to find out, is you, are you rain or are you snow? Or what, what are you? What did God made you and called you and start being that? What did He say and then He has placed that very thing on the inside of you? You see, God's asking you the very thing that He created you to be, not something else. So what you need is already on the inside of you. Amen? 
And this is the secret and the great thing. When he made you, he said, it's very good. And he blessed you. God said you are good, very good, and he blessed you. God made you very good. And the thing is, he doesn't, he doesn't tell the snow, suddenly you need to defrost and become rain. And he doesn't tell the rain, hey, go and freeze yourself and become snow. You see, he expects them to be what he created them to be. And that's so easy. God doesn't tell you, try to fill this gap. Now, change and adapt and just be something different. Now, he says, be what I called you to be. We are formed to function. So, he gives you even his spirit to help you. It's not difficult. You see, and to be church, that what we are, is just one aspect of our mandate in the earth. And that's our hearts yet. At be church, what we will be as well is, is for you to come to the fullness of the statute of Christ to live out your calling, your purpose, and your gifts right there where God has planted you. Not just here, in your workplace, in your homes, with your families, your environment, wherever, your community where you stay. You need to be that. You see, when you go out here, you don't stop being, isn't it? You still be. And that's the thing what God asks you is, if you snow here, be snow there. Be snow there. Be snow there. All right? So be just what you be and you will flourish. That's what it is. But then also, yeah, the gathering, because we need you as a body. We need you. You carry the presence and the fullness. So, so here's the key, what I believe important is. To be simplistic and functional. And then we desire to make room for God and His manifest presence so that His glory can come in every meeting. Amen? It's not difficult when you start functioning and doing what you should do out of the simplicity. We, we, we have that kiss principle. Who likes to kiss? All right? Hey. Kiss, we say keep it simple, stupid. Keep it simple, stupid. All right? Keep it simple. We always say less is more, isn't it? Less is more. In other words, when we do it in the plain, easy way, there's power. There's might. The more intrigue and the more difficult and the more we try to make it, the more chance just to mess it up. <laughs> but if we keep it, and that's what I love, is, is when we stand back, because how many times do we say, Holy Spirit, come, and then we just continue? We actually never wait for Him to come and do something. And, and, and our hearts is that when God tells you to be something, that you be in step. That's what He says. You keep in step with the Spirit. That when you do just your function and you keep in step, you actually make room for God to come and move. You make room for Him to be that what you need to be. Amen? So that's our heart is, is we don't just go to church. We are the church. Come on, say that. We are the church. So our goal is not just to get people to come to gatherings. Our goal is actually, the gathering is being church. But our goal is to remind you as church, as God's people, to be the means through which Christ flows. Amen? It's different. To be the means. You are the means through which He wants to come into your neighborhood, in your workplace, in your school, or at the gym, or wherever you are. To be the means. One quote, and then one or two things, then we're done. Abraham Kuyper says this, There's not a square inch in the whole domain of our human existence over which Christ, who's sovereign, does not cry, mine. Christ wants to fill everything. 
It's not one place where he says, mine, it's mine. We belong to him. Amen. And then Ephesians 5 speaks of the fivefold ministry, those gifts. And that's given us to mature us. And that's what I love when Emma on Thursday evening gave a word and says that what she saw is that God here is a body that has matured. And that we need to grow up because Ephesians says the body can only function when it has grown up and mature. And then it says the last part was 13. Um, oh no, 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 16. From whom the whole body joined and held together by every joint with which it is equipped, when each part is working properly, it makes the body grow and builds itself up in love. I love that part. We mature so that you can function. And then he says, then something happens. When you start functioning now, every part is working properly. So God wants you to work properly. Then the body. So if you want to see a shift, start functioning. We need you. You need to function. You need to function. You need, each one needs to find his place, function. Then we're going to see a major shift and move in the body. Amen. I've got five points then. I'm going to end up there. Then we're going to have communion together. Some of our aims and desires that we have is always this. Colossians 1.18. He's the head of the body, which is the church, the beginning, the firstborn from the dead, so that he himself might have first place in everything. That whatever we do, Christ have first place in everything. You guys can put some soaking worship on. Amen. Our hearts is that Christ have first place in everything. One amen. 1 Corinthians 10, 31. For us to glorify God in everything we do. It says there, whatever you do, wherever you drink or eat, or whatever you do, do it for the glory of God. Come on. Whatever you do, do it for His glory. Our hearts continue to be this, to remain or to grow to the fullness of Christ. That's what I've just read. Ephesians 4.13 says, Until we all attain unity of faith and the knowledge to mature manhood to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. That we still keep on growing and getting to that place. Where we are, even if we are the bride, and even though a girl is small and she's got a womb, she cannot carry it. She has to grow up and mature, isn't it? So as a bride, we need to come to the fullness to carry something. And that's what God wants us. He wants us to grow up so that we can carry. One of the things is to see God do great things in and through us beyond our understanding. That's that Job 37, 5. He says that God's voice thunders wondrously and it does things that we cannot comprehend. And it's my heart that God does in your life and through your life things that you cannot even comprehend. That you will see that God will just blow your mind and say, wow. But it's because you do what you need to do. You function. God does the rest. But it, that it's above even what you can think or ask. Amen. Two more things. One, to be a home. Psalm 68 says, God causes the lonely to dwell in families. Remember what we've been dealing on, a pattern and a wineskin. God builds family. Unless the Lord builds the house, God builds family. 2 Corinthians 6 says, We are the temple. He bides in us. As God said, I will make my dwelling among them and walk among them. And I will be their God and they shall be my people. Psalm 84 says, 
How lovely is your dwelling place, O Lord Almighty. My soul yearns and faints for the courts of the Lord. My heart and my flesh cry out for the living God. Blessed are those who dwell in your house. They are ever praising you. There's something about the gathering to be a body, to have the habitation, the dwelling of God in our lives. And then in what way, what manner, to be an active place for God's glory. You see, Isaiah 43 says this, Fear not, for I'm with you. I will bring your offspring from the east and from the west. I will gather you. I will say to the north, give up, and to the south, do not withhold. Bring my sons from afar and my daughters from the end of the earth. Everyone who is called by my name, whom I created for my glory, whom I formed and made. See, God made us for His glory. He says, Habakkuk 2, The earth will be filled with the knowledge and the glory of the Lord as the water covers the sea. But then lastly, when God gave Moses the tabernacle pattern and says, build a house that it can be among you. He had to do it very specifically. There was detail. And the more detail, the more the glory. But Exodus 40 ends with this. He says, So Moses finished his work, and the cloud covered the tent, and the glory of the Lord filled the tabernacle. And Moses was not able to enter the tent of meeting because the cloud settled in it, and the glory of the Lord filled the tabernacle is that as we move and where you are, that your life, your tabernacle may be filled with the glory of God. But it says, as Moses finished his work, so you have to function. You have to do your part. You have to do your job. Finish the part that God can come and fill it with the glory. Amen. And that's the heart, I believe, what the Lord comes and, and shows us is to make it less difficult, simplistic, so that God can come and do something fresh. This generation is hungry for something new. And we're going to see that. Amen. As we go into communion, I want to just share this part of the body. He says this, 1 Corinthians 10, 16 and 17, then we're done. The cup of blessings that we bless, is it not a participation in the blood of Christ? The bread that we break, is it not a participation in the body of Christ? Because there's one bread and we who are many are one body, for we all partake of the one bread. You see, so even as we do this in remembrance, we declare that we remember Him, but also that we are one, and that we are a body, and that we have a job and a function to do. Amen. So Father, as we come and we're going to partake in, in the wine and in the bread, we want to say, Lord, that we come today to honor You and to celebrate You, but to acknowledge you as king of our lives again, Lord, the head of the body, the church. And that, Father, this morning as we eat and drink, I want your heart to be a response to the Lord to say, I am part of your body. We are the body, and I will find my part. I will play my part. I will work my gift so that the glory can come and fill, that the whole earth may see the glory of God. So, Father, we just come this morning in response to you to say, we will, and we will do, and we will be the church. We will be the body to the world and the way you made it to be so that it can be blessed and we can see the goodness of God. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Thank you for listening to this week's podcast. 
If you would like to know more about who we are and what we do, go visit lwpe.co.za. You are formed to function. So let's build.